Monkeys after further review as this is one of Frank's favorite songs. Do not listen to him. He is selling you snake oil. We don't sell snake oil, but we provide an entertaining and thought-provoking sports show on 88.3 WXUT. Saturdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. And sometimes we provide a life lesson. Ain't that right, Frank? Life lesson, my ass. Don't be a hater. And tune in to AFR Saturday mornings, 11 to 1 on WXUT. further review you know who this song is frank what is sicko mode by travis scott no that's a good one frank you on top of the game even though it's been out for a couple years but yeah you know. it was part of a it was been the warm-up rotation and for a couple of teams you always in sicko mode sometimes i am <laughs> okay like i said sometimes seeing those referees in those shorts and, and so tight that you in sicko mode <laughs> anyway uh, you listen to 88.3 WCTs after further review. Now got David, the man of God, Harris on the phone lines. And uh, David, uh, welcome to the sh- the show. Excuse me. And uh, how you been this week? Yeah, just another week. Just looking and still wondering whether it will smart to go back to playing football. But we know that money takes precedent over common sense. But hmm, we're here. What do you mean, David? Well, I mean, you mentioned it kind of teasing in the last segment, what's happening in Alabama. We know in other cases around the country, particularly on college campuses, particularly in Notre, uh, University of Notre Dame in Indiana, and then the cases that we had in Chapel Hill. Now we're seeing some cases of student bodies, populations that are affecting the college students. We're seeing some of these kind of collegiate athletes opting to kind of sit out the rest of the year, kind of now that the season has started. There are some conferences that haven't even started playing yet, but there are states kind of that are surging in cases. And then even thinking about the NFL, kind of how many teams have had to shut down practices and facilities because of a positive case here or there that has affected not just the bottom line of the NFL, but now you have to think about, okay, who have these teams played, make sure that they're tested. It's just we're, we're starting to see the effects of, when you guys want, you got everyone wanted football so much, but now that we're seeing all the stoppages and potential stoppages, and people are so worried, kind of okay, this coach is tested positive, this player is tested positive. How's that going to affect our games on Saturday or Sunday? It's it's a lot, but we gave the people what they wanted, so. I don't think it's been that much. I think it's actually kind of somewhat been a success. I mean, we, you knew this was going to happen, and you can't really put a bubble. And it's also happened in the NFL as well. But, I mean, the coronaviruses, I mean, think about it. For the first, the, the teams that have already started for the first month of the season, they, they actually were doing pretty well. Now, there had been a couple of, you know, hiccups here and there, but it wasn't like it was a total disaster. And if you think about it, baseball was kind of the same way. It was kind of some hiccups here and there in the beginning. And now they're all the way to the, the, the league championship series. By the way, the Houston Astros have coming back and tied the series up with the Rays probably cheating their way to it, but that's a different segment and a different story. Um, and then the Braves couldn't close out the Dodgers the other night to get to the World Series. So I think it's been just like all the sports that haven't been in bubbles. 
it's going to be some ups and downs, bumpy roads, but they're going to be finding a way to complete the season. Well, yeah, I mean, I think at this point, since they've started, like there is no point but to finish. Like, I'm curious to see, particularly with college football, like we're seeing cases, and we can just name them kind of with Nick Saban. Like, I honestly don't think he should be on the sidelines against Georgia, knowing that Georgia is already a hot state with an uptick in cases of the coronavirus, knowing that he's already affected. And then think about teams like Ohio State. Like, it's not as though the virus is kind of dying down. There's a lot of kind of high percentage cases around Franklin County. And so now you're putting kind of every team that they're going to potentially travel to. You're thinking of a place like Wisconsin that's had surgeon uptick. You're thinking about uh, Michigan. Kind of like those states, in the, particularly in the Midwest, where you have this entire conference that everyone kind of was – quick to kind of celebrate that, hey, the Big Ten made this decision. We're going to play football again. But And now you're watching kind of how this virus is resurging in particular places. And so it kind of begs the question, like, can you have, can you have a season where, you, of course, you can't have an above it because college like that can't happen with college football. It's just impossible, particularly with the amount of travel that these teams are going to be having to do for strictly in conference games. And so it, it does become a worry. Like I'm thinking about kind of Syracuse Rymat. Like they had to go to North Carolina. They had to travel to. Um, like they're having a team. Like we were playing Liberty this week. Like so they're coming in from Virginia. Like, thinking about that kind of cross, like, where players are coming from, which games, and, like, having to just kind of think about that from a logistical standpoint, if, as we're seeing this trend of what's going to happen, what's been happening, and knowing that whatever happens, like, people are going to want their football regardless. Well, I don't think it's a matter of wanting their football, but David, you got to live life. I mean, we kind of learned from this pandemic: either you're going to get the virus or you're not. It's like a, it's like any other virus. You can get the flu virus. Nobody's shutting down for the flu virus. And and also, quick update: uh, Nick Saban has had a second straight negative test. So looks like he'll be on the sidelines. Yeah, good old Saint Nick. So who and and also and also I think we got to bring up the you think that the dollar sign EC kind of paid off the test to make sure it was second negative I don't th- I don't think so okay because he well, I know he could have had a false positive we've yeah, seen yeah, we've yeah, seen, seen we have lot. seen that happen it happened with Matt Stafford mm-hmm. and I believe it's happened with an- another NFL team too David I type was it the Colts who had a bunch of false positives mm-hmm, just recently. Yeah, I mean, David, it's it's to the point now where you can't shut down. I mean, it's it, you're getting false positives, you're getting false negatives. We got the asymptomatic. I think the fear is just knowing, not knowing the unknown. But you you can't. I mean, it, it just it is what it is. This is nothing. This is not. If you go do your research, this is no different than the Spanish flu in 1919. There's going to be different waves, but with each wave, it seems like the virus gets more contagious, but a little less lethal, and then it just fades out. And in that 1919 pandemic, it lasted about two or three years, 
and it had at least multiple waves. That's what it looks like this was going on here. And probably has some multiple waves when they have the change of seasons. I mean, let's face it, head and cold season usually happens around when the change of seasons happen. It's just how it goes. But you, you, you can't be living in fear, David. You just can't. You, you can't say, you know, we can't have the football. I mean, what do you want? Football to be shut down? No, I mean, I'm not, well, one, I'm not living in fear. I'm just kind of living in the, like, kind of in the reality of we have this global pandemic. And, there, and I mean, I've heard it. I'm kind of going by what I've heard from conferences and kind of, kind of all the coach speak and players speak. Like, people both in community and on campuses are, I say we have this football, we have this kind of respite relief type in the midst of this pandemic. And, yeah, you can't, like, again, once you start once you start playing, you can't shut it down because it's just. But like, it's not a matter of, of shutting it down. You just can't shut down your life, period. Like, we come here in the studio, we wipe it down, we wear our mask, we got the Lysol and everything. You try the best that you can, wash your hands, social distance. But I really think that everybody's going to get this virus one way or another. It's just inevitable. It's a, it's well, one. It's a coronavirus. Everybody gets a head cold. It's a coronavirus. Everybody's going to get it. Now, the matter of it maybe possibly turning into SARS because it is COVID nineteen or whatever SARS COVID SARS two or something like that. You know that that's a different story. Story, but as they've said in the past, though the initial outbreak of a virus is usually its most lethal, and then eventually it starts to kind of be less potent but still be somewhat contagious but like i said i don't i'm looking at the history of the 1919 pandemic and it seemed like it's kind of following the same thing where it hit a rush you know people were ignorant in the beginning and it started killing people but as the year kept going on and the pandemic kept getting you know elongated and keep going uh, it, it kind of just weakened people still there was spikes and waves and stuff but then it just kind of phased out and I mean it, it is what it is you just, you, it's here now so you don't have to deal with it heck even the president yeah. got it yeah I mean at the end of the day like I'm like I know that football is going to continue I know that just making sure that we're kind of remaining sick, we're remaining protected, we're doing all those protocols because there are people out there that that aren't. I mean, that's just kind of that's why we're having these uptick cases. Well, and then now also, if if you're getting how I, I guess my question is, he tested positive for, he was asymptomatic, then he gets another test, and now he's got two negatives. Well, was it a false positive for Nick Saban? I mean, there's been false positives through the NFL. You just you just don't know. I mean, you basically it's getting to the point where people are getting COVID nineteen fatigue, and you probably when we look back on it, it we there certain things we find out about the disease that come to find out maybe you can't pass it asymptomatically. We don't know. You just don't know. I mean, think about it. looking back on it in March. Should we have canceled March Madness? Mm, now looking back at it, they could have been still doing because we're doing the same protocols that we were doing. But when the pandemic first got here, limiting fans. Right. I mean, only family and close friends could come to the game, especially during the Ohio High School State Tournament. That's how we were doing it. What are we back at again? Same thing. We did it for the AAU tournaments. We're doing it for these baseball tournaments, especially at the high school level. Limited fans on college and pro stages. So at the end of the day, you look back six months later or seven months later, the things that we were doing initially in the beginning 
we should have kept been doing. And then there's some some countries that didn't shut down at all. Sweden was one of them. They didn't do any kind of lockdown. They just kept doing their thing. And they had like a they were somewhat little bit percentage less than us with getting the spread of the virus. And they didn't shut down at all. So, like I said, six months from now, it'll probably be a different narrative. But let's get into your winners and losers, David. Ready, David? Let's go. Yep. Go. Cool. All right, so we'll start with the losers this week. Just kind of get some of the old-timey quarterback that kind of had a little bit of a rough week. First one, Tom Brady. Kind of old people moment. Forgot how many downs. There's a couple memes going around that says, in New England, you get five downs. I guess in Tampa Bay, you only get four, so kind of a senior citizen moment. That Again, was that last Thursday. Was just, yeah, yeah that, that whole game was just... Uh, I didn't want to talk about it last week, but... Why? Yeah. I mean, it was last week's news, David. You know, it's kind of behind a little. Well, this is for me. I mean, that, was, that was the opening game uh, yeah, this yeah. week. We, might even need to, we need to kind of hold that. Okay, keep going. So, another... Old-timey quarterback that had a rough time, the Phil Rivers experience. And, I mean, this is what you're going to get from an old quarterback. Like, like I like Philip Rivers. He's good. He's kind of a good, serviceable quarterback. But if I'm Jacoby Brissett, I'm sitting on the sideline like, man, like, I could have go with you. Like, I could have just been the starting quarterback. It's not as though we were equipped to, you know, win nine, ten games, 11 wins. Like, the hallmark of Indianapolis is running game and then defense. And Phil Rivers, and this was kind of carried over from his time, and first San Diego and then the L.A. Chargers. Like, in late-game situations, like, I don't know if I trust Phil Rivers to get me a game-winning drive. Because oftentimes it's, you have 90 seconds to go 98 yards with no timeouts bad against the Colts real bad and it's 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 pretty evident that the the defense is what's going to be the the calling card for the uh any for the uh, Colts this year especially since I have them on one of my fantasy teams but yeah oh it's always about the fantasy isn't it hey they're being productive for me huh David keep going Uh, and speaking of fantasy a lot of people thought that the 49ers would have you know you get George Kittle back. You, you have your running back. Your defense is looking good. And then Ryan Fitzmagic comes down and carves them to shreds. I mean, like, yes, let's just, I guess you don't have your superstar defensive players, but this is the NFL. Next man up in town. These are professional athletes getting paid to tackle the quarterback. I'm pretty sure Ryan Fitzpatrick's jersey was spotless by the time he got off the field. I mean... And then we're not going to get into the offense because I've said I've said even during the Super Bowl year run, Jimmy Garoppolo is trash, injury or not. <laughs> you still it's hating like, on him, huh? I, I, did you see the man? I mean, like everyone and kind of even people in San Francisco, kind of looking at their blogs Monday and Tuesday because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't coming from a place of I've been saying this since like all last season when it was the defense that carried that team to the Super Bowl. Like they're saying, yes, you can make some of the throws, 
kind of with the ankle injury. But even bloggers and insiders were saying, no, this is Jimmy Garoppolo just being trashed. Like, when you are considering bringing in Phil Rivers or Matt Ryan to take over your quarterback position in a temporary basis for this season next season over Jimmy Garoppolo, like, that's this I mean, we just talked about Phil Rivers being, and we're not even going to get into Matt Ryan because he's scared of other people. But, I mean, like, that that's saying a lot for a team that was that close to winning a Super Bowl if it weren't for, you know, your quarterback not being able to hit Manuel Sanders down the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to the New York Jets. I mean, there's the Jets. That's all I wanted to say. Uh, yeah, that that's the Jets. I, they need a new coach. I mean, even though they got rid of Le'Veon Bell or released him, and now he's with the Chiefs, the rich get richer. All I, all I can say about Le'Veon Bell going to the Chiefs is, why? He wants to win. Why not? Well, he still gets I, the lead I own Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in fantasy, and he was actually... So you're saying it why for the Chiefs, not why for Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, why okay. for the Chiefs? Well, they're trying to win. I mean, they want... The, they the have iron, enough. Iron sharpens iron, and cream rises to the top, and they're probably thinking Edwards-Hilaire, you know, hey, you ain't got nothing locked up yet, Rook. And not to mention, it's a long season... And it gets cold there in Kansas City, and you got to get go through Kansas City to get to the Super Bowl. And in the in the playoffs, you're going to need two or three backs because you don't want a guy like Edwards Hilaire to peter out toward the end of the season. Now, that only makes sense to me. I still think he's going to be the man there. Le'Veon's going to get the ball, but as you know, you, you can't have that that uh, what is it called that the the. the the, the 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 horse anymore with the running back through the whole season that just the bodies just don't last like that no more so I think Le'Veon Bell is there as an added weapon he might they might heck they might put him at slot receiver we don't know but he's also that, there that I could buy yeah but but he also toward the end of the season though you can give him a couple handoffs you can probably can get him give him the ball in the bubble have Edwards Hilaire being a lead blocker so you never know. I mean, they just get creative with offense, but that's just another toy that Patrick Mahomes gets. Yeah, and kind of even to that point, a lot of people are saying that it's to bring in um, Le'Veon Bell, particularly for the pass catching, kind of to be a kind of a target, knowing that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire really isn't. Like I was looking up at stats right now: seventeen receptions for one hundred sixty-nine yards. You know, average. Really, ten yards to catch, but he's not really a pass catching running back. You have Le'Veon Bell, who can be kind of line up in the spot. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He can be that dynamic passer, kind of pass catching running back that we've seen. Particularly knowing that in Kansas City, anyone could be, you know, cut and catch a pass. I mean, he had a fullback catch a pass out of the backfield last week. He had Eric Fisher a couple weeks ago. Like, so he, he's going to get his touches. I still think Clyde Howard's player is still going to be kind of their quote-unquote feature back. But if you can have a veteran in there that can come in, kind of help push, encourage Edward Hilaire, kind of mentor him, I don't see why not. All right, keep going. And then the last loser, I'm just going to kind of name the entire NFC East. I mean, you look at the Cowboys – it's unfortunate that Zach Prescott got hurt. Everyone's kind of focusing on the fact that, well, this is why you should have signed that you know, big contract in the offseason, knowing that it, it was a freak accident. You know, 
know, the way that it happened. Of course, we're praying for his recovery, but I mean, that's like you don't know when that's going to happen. Like, no one knew that Brian Shazier would be knocked out for that well. No one knew, kind of going into the season, that playing in the Meadowlands would take out like 19,000 different players. Well, actually, this game happened in Dallas. No, I'm just saying kind of injuries happen, and it's unfortunate that um, kind of Zach Prescott went down the way that he did in that situation. Yeah, and that was especially nasty. now that the media, and with the media saying, well, and it's like immediately going to, well, he should have signed this big contract, gotten his money, gotten his money. Like, if he, if he would have bought off this year, he would have gotten his money. Like, that's kind of it's a leverage game. But mm-hmm. that's why you said Washington... I mean, Alex Smith, great story. He's a kind of honorary winner just because of what he had to go through just to be able to stand up, much less play football. And so kind of we're thankful for that. But that whole quarterback situation just got awful. Because you write Dwayne Haskins' confidence. Kyle Allen is Kyle Allen. Well, I don't think um, he took away his confidence. But everyone knew that he wasn't the quarterback that Ron Rivera pretty much brought in. So his, his leash was a little short coming into the season. Oh, we have breaking news. Mm, what's that? Nick Saban has been cleared to coach in tonight's game versus Georgia following a third negative COVID test. Were you surprised? Let me show you my shocked face. Well, as, as if you if you can't see him on radio, uh, there's no shocked face from Frank. But if you see him on the on the live feed, you probably say, "Yeah." He's not surprised. Yeah, the, the general's old St. Nick is back on the sideline. So now it makes you wonder about basically the, the 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 truth of COVID. If he's coming back already within a few days, what about all these other ones? <laughs> well, all I'm gonna yeah, more than likely had a false positive, or he just what. Well, he just got over it that quickly. I did, but my thing is this: I, these tests—they're new. But what are they really testing? Is it really testing for COVID nineteen, or is it just testing for symptoms of a coronavirus? Once again, yeah. this this virus has the same symptoms as other coronaviruses. So okay, I'll give you this test. It's the coronavirus test. Like I said, a head cold is a coronavirus. So maybe if it picks up one of those symptoms, as you're saying, you got COVID nineteen. That's where the numbers, the stuff gets skewed. And let's face it, you know. Uh, what about Governor DeWine a few months ago? He was supposed to meet up with uh, President Trump and then said he had COVID. Then it was a false positive. Same, Like I said, same deal with Matt Stafford. He yeah. had a false positive, too. So how accurate are these tests? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's to me is the scary part. Is how accurate yeah. is the test? If it's giving out false positives, then it could be giving out false negatives as well. So once again, you're, you're, you, you just got to live life. You just, you just have to. They did it with the Spanish flu pandemic. There's even a picture of a, people at a college football game packed in the stands like some sardines with masks on their face. It is yeah. what it is. Let David continue. Uh, what was I? Um, New York Giants are New York Giants and Philadelphia Eagles. Like, a good flash in the pan, solid performance, but... I mean, just still the Eagles at the end of the day, and yeah, I, I, you still have Carson, Carson Wentz, Wentz as your quarterback. Carson Wentz, uh, you're starting to wonder. I mean, he had a great season that year until he got hurt, and Nick Foles stepped in. But was it really Carson Wentz playing lights out, or was he part of, some would say, the system? 
as Carson Wentz has not looked the same since that injury. And remember, he didn't win the Super Bowl for the Eagles. It was it was actually Nick Foles who now plays with the Bears. Yep, I mean, I, you know, I continue to go on record. Like Carson Wentz is not a you know franchise quarterback. Neither is Jared Goff. Like they traded up. They everyone wanted the quarterback so much, and everyone said Carson Wentz. Hey, the team is yours, and this is what your team is. Yeah, you're right. Jared Goff is not. They're really, they're. I think they're really missing Frank Reich. Yeah, I I I don't think Jared Goff. I never thought he was that great either. But he needed a good coach to really get him to where he's because Jeff Fisher, a defensive guy, wasn't going to really help Jared Goff. So he he's another one that a great coach came along and offensive minded, great offensive minded coach came along and really did well for his career. Getting up, transitioning to the winners, we'll start off kind of in that game. Philadelphia Pittsburgh Chase Claypool. Four touchdowns, first rookie to do that since the 70s. Yeah. So, our six and 60s, excuse me. I mean, everyone is saying, can he be the number one? Has he you know, usurped Juju as the number one? I still say pump your brakes. But, I mean, run like a wide receiver has the build of a tight end. I mean, he's like the prototypical big wide receiver. Everyone's talking about kind of DK Metcalf, but I mean, between Metcalf and Claypool, like that's the next evolution of the wide receiver that can be getting back to those big kind of physical build wide receivers that can run, you know, four two, four three, four four mm-hmm. in that size. So shout out to him. Uh, shout out to the Tennessee Titans, not only for their win, but just being able to actually play football again. Kind of having so many weeks off and kind of the controversy surrounding and what was happening within their facility. They're still clicking, again, particularly with your running back, because I still don't trust Ryan Tannehill. I don't think he's more than a kind of a game manager at best. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, I guess I'll call the Browns a winner, even though you're playing, kind of playing the Colts. Wait a minute, are you hating because you are a Steelers fan? Which, by the way, that'll be a great game. No, I'm just hating because... Eh, and not, it's not really even hating. I mean, yes, you, you played well against the Colts, but I think a lot of people looking at that Colts team, solid defense, yes, but that was really their first test. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, looking at that, even for the Cleveland Browns, that was really their first test. Because you got blown out by the other good team that you played this season. Well, no, the David, season. David, they're 4-1. and one. The organization has been trash. You, you know, I heard this on a national, another national sports show, uh, um, the Sports Brief, you know. Um, I forget it. I, I, JB Sports Brief, I believe. Or the JR, the JR Sports Brief. And so many people, he had a segment trying to get respect for the Cleveland Browns and so many people like yourself who are Steelers fans are now getting upset because the Browns are getting a little bit of attention because they're four and one they're four and one I mean geez David okay yeah they got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens but that was in week one all right you know there's just some teams that just aren't ready for week one but then again they reeled off four straight wins I don't care who you're playing. I mean, let's face it. It's the NFL. Every team is challenging. And a win is a win is a win. And for this organization that a couple years ago who had no wins at all, 
at 0-16. And there were some games they were actually in, but they just found a way to lose it. 4-1 is not bad. And for once, maybe the, the luck is turning around for the Browns. Now, I'm not going to sit there and, as in the words of uh, Denny Green, if you're going to crown them, crown them. No, they don't need the crown yet. But, David, come on. I mean, you're sounding like a hater, man. Just, just let, let them get a little, little praise, man. They're 4-1. and one. They're playing the Steelers. We all know that this is a big game because, one, it's a divisional game. And, two, if you beat the Steelers, that legitimizes that you're really the real deal. It makes you 5-1, and one, which basically guarantees at least you'll be 5-11 and 11 if you lose the, the next uh, all the next games, obviously, if you lose the next 10 games. Also, you're closer to a win total that everyone probably thought you were going to get anyway, which was going to be 6-10. and 10. So, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, it's a bad thing that they're 4-1, and one, but, you know, David, kind of pump the brakes on the hating here. We Really, what you need to do is talk about the Browns next week. If they lose to the Steelers, then it's like, okay, you guys played some trash teams. You got some wins. Congratulations. But you still got some growing to do. But if they beat the Steelers, then we know that for a little bit through the first quarter of the season and beyond, that they're actually the real deal. They played two good teams to one and one. No, no, David, they're, they're David, they're, they're four and one. David, just 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 put it out there. They're four and one right now. They beat the team that they beat. You can't do anything about the schedule that you played. They played. They beat the people that were in front of them. They got shellacked by the Baltimore Ravens. Okay, but then again, the Baltimore Ravens lost to the Kansas City Chiefs. So does that take anything away from them? No. Browns are four and one. No one expected the Browns to be four and one. You, not you, not me, not Frank, and not this whole uh, nation thought that the Browns would be four and one when most people were in most people in their preseason picks were having the Browns to win between three to six games, three minimum, six maximum, and they're at four and one now, going up against someone that has pretty much been dominating the division for the last fifteen years since Big Ben has been there. So if they get a win, David, they're the real deal. They'll be five and one, right? It's not all oh, the only played two good teams. They're really one and one. Because I'll be quite honest with you, the Bears are four and one. Who have they really beat? Well, no one really. They lost to the Colts, which then again, they really probably should have beat the Colts because the Colts look so bad against the Browns. But we all know that the Colts are really decent. But against the Browns, that really wasn't a really good matchup for them. But the Bears is, is is nothing to sneeze at either. But right now, I'm enjoying the fact that they're four and one. At least they won. They could be easily zero and five, or be like the Atlanta Falcons. So let's, like I said, man, don't try to sit there and hate because we all know that it is tough. It is tough to win on Sundays in the NFL. It's not like college football. It's not like high school football. This this is a man's league and very talented men. And, you know, one injury away can truly flip-flop your season. Uh, not knowing a play or screwing up on a couple plays can totally screw up your season. So for the Browns to be 4-1, they're legit. Just just put it that way. It's not none of this. Well, they play these certain teams, and really this is what they are. They're legit, David. Just face it. We'll just have to kind of go from our different perspectives. I mean, I because I, I but then again, though, if the I, I, this is where I see where this is going to go, David. 
if they do beat the Steelers, you're going to find something that says, well, the refs cheated or something. Or, you know, you'll find anything. Just like you still think that Tim Tebow could have been a, a solid quarterback in the NFL. We all know that's not true. And uh, he would be the and just... quarterback in Denver. Huh? He would be the starting quarterback for the Broncos right now. No, he wouldn't be. No, no, no. Tebow, no, Tebow no. was where he was where he was. He had a good little magic run. He did beat your Steelers. But he was not going to be a career-long quarterback. Once everybody figures you know this, David, come on. Once they figure you out that you're a one-trick pony, you don't have a really good arm. I mean, he's very competitive. He's got good leadership qualities. But he just didn't have the longevity, the NFL talent to have the longevity in the league. That's just it. I'll just say what Tim Tebow was, and I love Tebow. But he was was, uh, the equivalent of... Rick Astley, Millie Vanilli, Vanilla Ice, a one-hit wonder. Pretty much. And then next thing you know, David, you'll say he's supposed to be in the Major League Baseball because he was in AAA last year or this year, too. Come on, David. He's just great athlete. just didn't have the talent for the NFL. You know, he got his couple years in, and it was it. Same thing. I mean, you, you know, you're, you're just going to find I, I already know where this is going. Actually, now this, this motivates me because I just hope the Browns just keep winning because you're never going to be a believer. The, the Browns, the Browns could go eleven and five this year, or twelve and four, and you'll find a way to, to basically just say eh. they could sweep the Steelers, and you would probably still find some flaw with them. If there's a flaw, there's going to be a flaw. But what's the flaw? If the if the Browns go twelve and four and sweep the, the Steelers, what's going to be the flaw? We'll have to see kind of how they look in each game. I'm uh, going to uh, see uh, like uh, yeah, we'll see what how, what they look like. Is the what's what's the final score of the game? I mean, let's let's, let's be on teams that are straight horrible. Is the, the New York Giants, the New York Jets oh. are horrible. The Detroit Lions are horrible. The, the Atlanta NFC Falcons are horrible. horrible. The NFC East is horrible. The Jacksonville Jaguars are horrible. Sorry I had to say that, David, because I know that the Jags are your number two team, but they are ass. Yeah, they are very ass. And like I said, if the Browns keep on winning, let's say they split a game with the Ravens because it'll be at first energy. Let's say they sweep the Steelers. You can't just sit there and say, well, this, this, and this, and this. They're a good team. I mean, they've got a great offense. They figured it out. Their team that has to go ground and pound, and Baker Mayfield has to be a game manager. There's nothing wrong with that. They got some problems in the backfield, but who doesn't have problems? And we all know as the season goes on, teams are going to get key injuries. Hopefully the Browns don't get any key injuries, but that's what they are. you got to give them credit. They are what they are, and they're actually trying to go with their strengths. They're not trying to force-feed the ball to, to any of their receivers. They're letting their running game lead them. That's their strengths. They've got Kareem Hunt, who could be possibly a pro bowler. you you got to give credit where credit is due, David. Yeah, every team's going to have weaknesses, but it looks like the Browns are finally getting it right. <laughs> exactly, and making excuses for it is something that a certain fan base in a certain town in Michigan does whenever they lose. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, I'm not saying that I'm not kind of giving them the respect that they earn. I'm just saying that at this point in the season, we have to look at who they've played. Like, if we're going to look at the scoreboard, we also have to look at the teams that are on that scoreboard. 
I don't yeah, care. Right now, they are tops in the AFC North. They've played who they've played. I mean, this is a week-to-week thing, too. I mean, we've been on this rodeo before, David. It's a week-to-week thing. But right now, they're 4-1. and one. They have up next the Pittsburgh Steelers. If they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm saying they're the real deal. But as I've said before, they're 4-1 and one for a reason. I think it's great coaching and it's great player buy-in. And they're finally realizing what their strengths are and not shooting themselves in the foot, which was killing them, I think, last year, was that they wanted to thinking that, oh, I got to give it to Odell Beckham, I got to give it to Odell. No. Just manage the game. You got the tools around you, even though Chubb is even. Think about it, David. Chubb has been out. I mean, come on, David. If they, I mean, come on. Like, look, they're they're playing great football, David. Just give them give them the credit. It, it don't matter who they're playing. I mean, heck, I give the Bears credit. They looked horrible against the Colts, but they got a great victory against Brady and the Buccaneers, which I thought was not going to happen. They're playing some pretty decent football. They made a decided to make a change with Trubisky. They went with Foles, and they know their strengths. They know their weaknesses, but they're hanging their hat more on their strengths, and they're four and one. Now, do I think they'll beat the Packers? Probably not. But right now, as we speak on this day, on the Lord's Day of October twenty seventh or October seventh, seventeenth, right now I, I, I got to give the Bears credit. I tip my cat to them. You're four and one, and that's gonna be the same thing with the Browns. You're four and one. I tip my cat to you, cap to you. Yeah, I mean that's. I just don't want kind of my words to get misconstrued or anything. Like I'm not saying that they're not a good team. I'm just saying that. And yes, I do tip my cap to the Cleveland Browns for four and one. Yes, they are. But at the same time, I'm also trying to be objective in the fact that kind of three of the teams that they played. Like, coming into the season, we all knew, eh, no, we didn't. No, yes. we didn't. no, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't, we didn't, know, we we didn't, didn't think the Bengals were going to be? Did you like really, did you really, honest, did you really honestly think there'd be a three-way tie for first place? I mean, we can go back to when you did your preseason uh, 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 preview. You, you even thought that the Bengals would do better than the Browns, if I remember correctly. No, I thought the Bengals would have like maybe three wins at best. I'd say the Browns would be six and ten, seven and nine, which, and seven and nine would be an excellent season. Mm-hmm. In my preview, I knew the Bengals were going to be crap. Mm-hmm. I, I think mean, we might have to go back on that one because I could have swore you thought possibly the Browns could do worse than the Bengals. But I'm looking right now at the AFC North. Pittsburgh's four and zero. Baltimore's four and one, and Cleveland is four and one with the Bengals one and three. Which the AFC North is probably the best division in all of NFL. If they beat the Steelers. You got to you got to give them props. You got to say that this this team is really good. I mean, I don't care who they play. Well, first of all, the Browns are three and zero at home, which they need to be doing, and they're two and one on the road. Yeah, if, they're if doing they what they're Pittsburgh supposed to be. Out. Yeah, okay. If they beat, yeah. So you know, like I said, still have a lot more season to go, but I'm I'm really impressed with them. Keep going. And then two teams that I'm going to put in the winner section because they did the right, smart thing, the Houston Texans and Atlanta Falcons. Why, Things they were fired going their well in, Yeah. Like, particularly in Houston, it was just kind of a toxic environment. Um, you saw what how they mobilized, particularly kind of 
when Bill O'Brien's trying to call out J.J. Watt, which J.J. Watt has way more clout than the city of Houston than Bill O'Brien will ever have in his life. Um, and then they mobilize, mobilize around Roman Cornell. Again, they played a bad Jacksonville team, but in that division, it's, I mean, it's rough. So shout out to them and then the Falcons. I said in my pick last week, when Carolina wins, they need to fire Dan Quinn. They did after they lost. And again, it was to the quarterback. Now, I'm going to, it's probably been said like once or twice here or there, but at this point, just tank for Trevor. Because Matt Ryan is like, you can't trade him because he has, you know, that big payday. He has $20 million in his name. He's going to get that money one way or the other. But you need a new quarterback in that. Like, the Matt Ryan era has to be over. Like, I know people are trying to hold on to kind of the Julio Jones, the Matt Ryan connection, similar to how A.J. Green's trying to hold him in Cincinnati. Kind of like he wants to stay there and he needs to kind of get over it. But at some point, you know, time to set a new league, turn over a new league. Like, Atlanta, like, yes, Matt Ryan, you got to the Super Bowl, and that's how Dan Quinn kept his job for so long. But, like, no. It's time, time to move on. Time to develop a young quarterback. Time to think about who's going to be that. Where are you going to get that young quarterback from, though? <laughs> I mean, there's a quarterback in Clemson, South Carolina right now. So you you basically saying uh, tank for Trevor Lawrence, but then again, what if Trevor doesn't want to come to Atlanta? Then what? Once it's again, be Atlanta or the Jets. Well, I mean, he has another year to go back. He, he don't have to come out. So if the Jets get in, he said, I don't want to be with the Jets. He could pull a Dan Elway, a John Elway or Eli Manning, where I'm, Manning. Not, playing, I'm not playing for your organization. He, they well, can do, John I, Elway and, and Eli Manning did that. So now you can't really tank for it. And Matt Ryan is still a serviceable quarterback. I mean, some people would believe, especially in the national media, that it was more or less the culture that Dan Quinn had, had where – after that Super Bowl, the players were just psyched out about it. They they, they just they just give up leads and then lose. So now that he he's gone, now the onus is on the players. But let's see how they play. Matt Ryan and the Falcons could turn it around, maybe win five straight and be five and five. Doubt that'll happen because usually when you're zero and four or zero and five in the first part of the quarter of the season, your playoff chances are really diminished. But then again. They could win eleven in a row and be eleven and five, so we'll we'll see with that one. But then again, though, I, trying to tank and saying you're going to get a new quarterback that that ain't a guarantee. Well, and even I mean, if it's not Trevor Lawrence, I mean, there's talks about kind of Justin Fields as kind of being that number one overall pick, and we always see kind of these diamonds in the rough kind of small schools. A lot of people were thinking about um, the quarterback out of North Dakota State being kind of shooting up. Um, the board, draft board, I'm pulling up his name kind of right now as I was blanking on it. But kind of, they were saying kind of even coming into the season, you know, top 10, top 15 pick, kind of middle, you know, the road, Trey Lance is his name. Um, and then, like, he's saying, oh, I'm just going to play one random, you know, one game just so to show off. But some are saying he might be the next you know, franchise quarterback. And, again, like with all the seniors, and we kind of see that diamonds in the rough, but we see quarterbacks pop up, spring up here or there. Maybe they take a chance on the USC quarterback because apparently they produce quarterbacks. 
Like, there are players out there, but I think at some point, if you look at the two quarterbacks that the Atlanta Falcons have on their roster, Matt Ryan, who's been in the league 13 years, and then Matt Schaub, his backup, who is a 17-year vet. Mm-hmm. Like, at 35 and 39, like, are you really kind of doing a rebuild, rejob? Because that's who's going to be the, that's going to be the work of the new head coach and new GM whenever that GM comes. Like, do you really want to be rebuilding kind of from the ground up with a 35-year-old quarterback? And that's kind of my biggest kind of question. Particularly thinking that if you don't have someone kind of waiting in the wings, like, what is that going to look like? What is that going to do for um, have all the other younger players that are on this roster? That's not so much that you're leaning on kind of this veteran quarterback, but maybe this kind of just me thinking this off the top of my head, maybe you draft a quarterback kind of similar to what happened in Green Bay, that a young quarterback, knowing that this is going to be your replacement, maybe that lights the fire under Matt Ryan. Mm-hmm. But only time will tell. But yeah, the Atlanta Falcons, they needed a change first and foremost because it was, it was getting bad and the fan base was kind of ready to kneel. Ready to revolt. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Finish it up a little bit. And then the top 10 for college football kind of has some surprising names. Shout out to North Carolina, which is top five in a poll for football. And so usually we see them in basketball, obviously. But And again, they're playing in the ACC, so you can take that for what that's worth. But again, you know, it's record is record, so you have to give them props, you know, tip their hat. Well, I, I think then, it just sho- well, Dave, I think it just shows that uh, the ACC is just... Not as big of a tra- it's not as big of a trash can as we thought it was. When I still call it the ASS. It's the I just call it the Atlantic Coast <laughs> Conference. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you can only play who's on your schedule, and you have to give them crap. I mean, yeah, you have to give them props, give them credit. You know, win is a win is a win, as I was said earlier in this segment. So, right, and then Oklahoma State number seven, and then Cincinnati, number eight. These are in the AP. In the coaches' poll, North Carolina is sixth, Oklahoma State seventh, and then Cincinnati tenth. Uh, not sure how I feel about teams that haven't played a game yet, being in the top ten. I'm looking at you, Ohio State, Penn State. But that's kind of up to the voters and those making decision makers. Also, kind of think about other schools and the, and the Pac-12 that and Big Teners that are also receiving votes. But yeah. And a shout out to the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Like one of these small schools kind of taking that model of the old school Boise State of messing <laughs> things up for everyone in your quote unquote traditional top twenty five. Uh, David, I hate to David, I hate to break this to you, but Louisiana Lafayette lost on Wednesday night to Coastal Carolina. Okay, so then they're, when the ESPN is updated wrong, they currently don't have that loss. Yeah, it, well, I, I saw, I saw it's on the, I, I checked the score because I heard about it and I saw that Coastal Carolina beat them. 
Well, the shout out to the Kansas Clears. They were the Chanticleers. Yeah, the ones that came here a few years ago. Glasgow, got to see a little bit of Coastal Carolina. All right, let's wrap this up, David. You almost been on for an hour. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's all I have for the winners and losers. And then, all right. Yeah, then good football. Right, it'll be good football this weekend. Um, obviously, we'll be doing the pick em, actually, a little bit later. And uh, we'll see what you have for the uh, Brown Steelers game. That should be that should be a good one, actually, David. That that should be a really good one. Um, as actually, let's go over here. We might. We actually, you know what? We'll do. Make sure you always check us out on WXUT's After Further Review on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Make sure you subscribe to us and listen to our show. I mean, actually, I'm going to go and let's look something up real quick. Actually, see how many people have been listening to the last few uh, plays. So far on our show for SoundCloud. Let's see here. I'll go and update it. Actually, go to the profile. And let's see here. Where is it? Actually, hmm. Let's actually hold on. Go home here. Okay, guess how many plays we've had in the last seven days? Mm. For all episodes, or just just the last seven days in the past week, how many plays have we had? Um, I'll bid fifty-six. No, too high or too low? Way too low. Okay, <laughs> way too low. All right, how about uh, 200? Close. Uh, a little lower, though. 190. Lower than that. It's 180. Enough, no. <laughs> Jeez, it feels like you're playing a clock game on the price is right. Yeah, exactly. You do feel like on the price is right. So, uh, so lower than 180? Yeah. 170? No. 160? No. 150? No. 140? Close. 139. Close. 38. Close. 37. Close. Jeez Louise. How many bits are you having? Right, exactly. It's 135. Uh (laughs) You were close. Almost. No, it's 135 plays in the last week, so people are really listening to that. But make sure, like I said, you can get on us on SoundCloud and on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, you can carry us in your pocket. You also can get the SoundCloud app and carry us in your pocket. Subscribe. It'll pop up when... We put it up there. As I mentioned before, I loaded new shows up there, and for some odd reason, Twitter wouldn't share them. So it looks like some things are out of out of sync. Uh, we'll, we'll try to work on that. Actually, uh, your power play from the third got 19 plays. Was that you listened to it all week? Uh, actually, had, didn't get a chance to listen to it because I've just been really busy with working football. You got over there at Amazon, remember? Well, it was Prime Week, so... Yeah, it was Prime Week. Yeah, okay. So, once again, make sure you listen to that and everything. Now, we'll take a quick break, or not really a quick break. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break off the segment and then get into our NFL pick You guys ready for that? Yep. All right. 